Brain Injury Today is sponsored by the Washington State Traumatic Brain Injury Council and produced by Goal 17 Media, storytellers for the common good. Welcome everyone to Brain Injury Today podcast. This is Deborah Crawley, Executive Director for the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington and a really wonderful show today. Two of my favorite people who are super committed and very gracious in giving of their time today to support the brain injury community. Allison Molner, Board President for the Brain Injury Alliance is back by special request. Allison joined us for our first podcast and is joining us again today. And we are welcoming Lori Weissman. Lori Weissman is a psychotherapist with over 40 years of experience. Many of those years committed specifically to working with the traumatic brain injury community. Uh, Lori has a private practice currently in Bellevue, Washington, working with both individuals and couples and um, a former member of uh, the board for the Brain Injury Alliance. And we miss her and love that she stays connected and is providing such a critical service for our community. Uh, She started as a speech therapist and knows this community in so many ways and has provided support to hundreds of folks, if not thousands. Thanks, Lori, for being with us. Thank you, Deborah and Allison. I'm so, I was so happy when you invited me um, because I wanted to be able to have an opportunity to speak to the community as a whole. So thank you. You bet. And Allison, welcome. Thank you, Deborah. It's great to be back. And the goal today was to now bring a professional like Lori and to really look at it from a different angle and to provide Um, some ideas, some skills. I'm not sure what the professional word is, Lori, but some uh, thoughts from you on what we're hearing from folks in the community on how our lives have changed with COVID-19 and how individuals specifically within our community can work to overcome again when many of them have already overcome first sustaining a brain injury, and now navigating the world of COVID-19. And I'm going to start with uh, checking in with Allison, because she had some thoughts that she um, said to me off offline that I thought were really pertinent and kind of would be very useful in getting this conversation going. So Allison, if you wouldn't mind kind of explaining what you were talking about earlier when we were chatting and some of the issues that you are trying to understand that are popping up um, more recently as as you have been home and trying to navigate the world of COVID-19. It's interesting that you say that. I've given it a lot of thought because I've been feeling a lot of feelings that I hadn't had in a long time and I couldn't understand them. In fact, I found myself writing it in an email to some other board members the other day when we were discussing some programs with EIA. And I found that I was um, referring back to how I felt when I got my second injury. So I had my first brain injury and then I got re-injured. And I remember saying that when I got to you and to Lori, 
because I was Lori's patient at the same time, that it was going to be okay because I had done this before and that I was kind of cavalier, but I felt that since I had gone through the process and I knew the routine and I knew how to take care of myself that I could handle the different stages of recovery for a brain injury. I felt like I could kind of stage it out and handle all the different stuff. Well, I quickly found out that it wasn't the case and that there was more emotion involved and it took more time than I thought. So again, when this happened, and especially I remember in our very first podcast that I reflected back that I thought there were some similarities. But this time, I found myself actually experiencing true anger at situations that I hadn't felt inside myself here since I was a kid. And as an adult, I haven't felt that. And I normally can keep myself very controlled. And so all of a sudden, I was having feelings that hadn't bubbled up since I was probably 12 years old. And I didn't know where they were coming from. So I just wonder, I wonder, Lori, if this is something that is related to the COVID? Is this just another stage? It's a really, really good question, Allison. And I am certain that as people are listening, that they are having a very similar question. What we're navigating with the COVID virus right now is really something for the first time for all of us. We've never been through something like this before. It's similar to what has happened when you had your traumatic brain injury. Life changes in a moment and all of a sudden the way that you think or behave changes instantly. And as you know, and others that are listening now, As you're navigating through that process, you're having quite a few feelings and and they don't happen in a linear fashion. And one of the feelings is anger about all that you've lost, all the changes. And that's exactly what's happening with COVID that we are all experiencing all of these sudden changes and out of our control, just like the traumatic brain injury was for you and others. And it's, it's a double whammy for those of you that have experienced a traumatic brain injury and now are having to, to deal with the challenges that COVID presents. I've said this to so many of my patients recently and also in some of the webinars that I've done with people that um, in many ways, those of you that have walked through the fire of traumatic brain injury um, are really the true warriors here because those of us that are going through COVID are having to learn what all of you have had to learn as you experience your traumatic brain injury. So you have an edge on those of us that have not had a traumatic brain injury. However, the anger that you're feeling, it's like, not again, not again, I have to go through something like this. I already, I just was on my feet walking, head held high and Now you're having to do it again with the challenges that COVID is presenting. So the anger is absolutely appropriate. It's the right feeling to have, first of all. And it goes with exactly what we're experiencing. And you put that alongside of what you're still challenged with with your traumatic brain injury. 
you're going to be more vulnerable as all of you know that when you're stressed when you're tired you're less able to manage your emotions right and so um you're going to be more vulnerable to feeling that's like a, a blanket has been lifted from feelings that have been there that you've been able to manage and and now they're just right there at the surface well it must have some fear component too because i don't feel like i'm as strong in a lot of ways as i used to be to cope with it so i guess in a lot of ways i'm reverting back to the strength i had maybe when i was a child i don't know but I, there must be some if it's pulling up a, an emotional reaction from long ago absolutely anytime we have a reaction such as anger there's always fear underneath it and so you're absolutely right and when we're afraid that, that that we need to learn how to practice how to manage our brain right so that we can be calm and more centered um and keeping yourself more present and being able to ask yourself what can i control in this moment right all of us need to be able to say okay there's a lot out of our control but what can I do right now, today? Just one step, just chunk it down so that you don't get overwhelmed because that's when we start looping in our fear and our anxiety. I think that's an interesting thing you just said for our community, Lori, and for those listening is that idea of looping and how when we're dealing with all of these new pieces of a world that we can't control. We're having to totally readjust our schedule. Those of us with a brain injury and without, where schedules and, and consistency are, were so critical, as you said, folks coming out of an injury, often the structure of having places to go, of having a schedule, of following your daily schedule, provided a lot of um, positive support for them as they're moving through the journey. Um, and then when things change or something happens to, to tweak that, so it's not doable. And then I, I consider it the looping of the idea of, it's harder for me, for my community members who are out there listening to then get over that. So some of the skills and strategies so that none of us are getting stuck in the loop that we're able to move beyond in a very new reality. Well, there's a lot of things that we can do. So I wanna give some easy, simple things that people can use right okay. away. Good, right? good, great. Um, because this is something we're all being challenged with because there's so much uncertainty and so much change. Should I get my so, pencil out and write <laughs> this down? Well, I'm gonna keep it simple. Um, okay. so that you don't get overwhelmed, but you could write it down. Okay. The first, the first thing that you want to do is breathe. When we're scared, we tend to breathe more shallow. When we breathe shallow, that gives our body and our mind and our whole being the message that we're not okay. And it creates more fear. So you start with something very, very simple is using your breath. And I like to instruct people to do something like this. And why I'm explaining it, everyone can try it 
as I'm saying it, see what you experience. So just start by taking a slow, deep breath into your nose and then exhale like you're blowing out through a straw and do that about four or five times. You inhale, count to six through your nose and exhale just like you are blowing out through a straw. And just take two more breaths in, just breathe in through your nose and then just exhale like you're blowing out through a straw. And this is so powerful and so simple. And the good news is you always have your breath, right? And so you want to start with that. And just notice, do you feel any different just by taking those breaths? So yes, write that down. Put little stickies in your house. Breathe, all right? The other thing that's really important to help us with our fear and anxiety is to get grounded in all of your senses. So we're gonna just pay attention to your five senses. What do you see when you feel afraid and your mind's going all over the place? Look around, look out at the mountains, look out at the water, look at your beautiful flowers in your home, touch something, find something that has some texture, even rub your hands together you know, feel your feet on the ground, okay? Just start engaging that sense. Engage your hearing. What do you hear in your surroundings? If you, you can even put some music on and focus on that or hear the birds chirping. Just focus on that sense of hearing. Taste, play around with that. Maybe you have strawberries at home that are really sweet, you know? Um, experiment with tasting something that you enjoy. And lastly, smell. Light a candle that has a really wonderful aroma to it. Smell some flowers. All of these are ways of getting you grounded and being in the present. And that will help tremendously with managing your fear and anxiety. The other thing is our thoughts. So if something bad is happening, you know, we may um, feel that, you know, someone says something to us, for, for example, and we take it personal and we start making up a story about they like us, they don't like us. And the story we make up can cause a lot of stress that we feel. So pay attention when you're feeling bad, ask yourself, what story am I making up about this? And if your story is one that you could probably prove to be untrue. Make up a different story. <laughs> like, not everything is about me. Or, oh, they're just having a bad day. So those are some simple things that you can do right away. But the most important thing is your breath. I cannot emphasize that enough. So that must just lower your blood pressure right away is when you do the breath. Yeah, there is so much research out that, that um, people have done that um, validates the effectiveness and benefits of mindfulness, of meditation, of yoga. And if you can even download a yoga tape or a meditation tape, there's a great app that I love and I um, suggest to many of my clients. It's called Calm, C-A-L-M, and it's free. And it's a wonderful app and it has daily meditations and oftentimes 
we need a voice to help us because our mind is like a little monkey and it goes all over the place. And so it's good to have someone kind of keep us, kind of hold the reins in on our mind. It's normal, just so everyone knows, um, our, we're supposed to have a lot of thoughts. And so it's okay that your mind's going all over the place. The key is just learning how to have your thoughts. You know, Laurie, as we're speaking on all of these ideas that you're sharing with us today, one of the ones I think all of that you're talking about helps to help individuals in communicating with each other. And that's one other piece of um, both our brain injury community, those who have had injuries and those who are the family members, caregivers who may also be listening to this podcast, just how or what can we do during these very different times to try and, or because we need to, listen hear differently, react differently, and communicate differently with one another, understanding that each of us is going through different stresses during a day at different times during the day and different things are affecting each of us. It's really hard to try and, you know, figure that out. You, we used to have space. We used to be able to exactly. have our own little space. Now we're all, all clustered together. Cohabitating 24-7. Yeah, it's, it's challenging, right? I have adult children here who weren't here before and yeah, you know, my husband and I used to go to an office and in you know, our community used to, a goal was always to get out and be out. And now all of us, both again, um, those who have survived the brain injury and, and their family members, any ideas for just the best opportunity for communicating? Uh, I love that you asked that. Yes, I have so much to say about that. So I'm going to keep it simple for the purpose of this podcast, but I do want to say that there's a lot to say about communication, but let's just start with some simple things. And first and foremost, um, we are all together 24 seven, and this is not normal, right? <laughs> that is like, wait a minute. We used to say goodbye, see you later, have a good day. And now we're all having to figure out how to work from home. Um, and especially with a traumatic brain injury, how are you gonna get the quiet space that you need so that you can rest. And this brings up an issue for so many people around having to ask for what they need, right? That mm -hmm. it's hard for a lot of people to say, you know, I need you to like be quiet and I need to go lay down um, because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. So now people are forced to have to communicate things like that. So the first thing I want to say about that is find a quiet space if you want to talk about something to say first, you know, say if I'm talking to you, Deborah, I say, you know, um, if we're living together, I'd say, Deborah, I, you know, um, I really need to talk to you about how we're going to spend this evening because I want to read and you want to watch a movie. When's a good time to talk to you about that? And then you would say, well, this is a pretty good time. And then it's like, okay, great. And then you make sure that you're sitting down without, that there's no distractions. And this is really, really important for people with traumatic brain injury. You don't need the TV on, you don't need to have music on and kids coming in and out. You wanna minimize all those distractions to maximize your cognitive functioning, okay? And then 
you want to set a time limit, you know, don't go on for, you know, even 30 minutes is too long. I would suggest, let's just talk about this for 10, 15 minutes max and, and then stick to that because anything longer, oftentimes, especially with the brain injury, you can become fatigued and you're not tracking things as well. And you may have difficulty coming up with words. The other thing to, to be very aware of is, and I'm sure all of us can relate to this, where sometimes we're talking to someone and all of a sudden we get really reactive and defensive. (laughs) And that means that our brains, I call it, we get triggered and our brains just kind of went offline. That is the perfect time to call a timeout and just say something to whoever you're talking to, you know what, I'm about to say something kind of stupid and I don't want to do that. So I'm gonna take a time out and I'm gonna come back in 20 minutes. And the purpose of this is to, and then you breathe all, all the things I said to you at the beginning, ground yourself, you get yourself present so that you get your thinking brain back online so that when you come back to the conversation, you are thinking, not reacting. And this is really important. And every single human being on this planet struggles with this. <laughs> and bad things happen when we have conversations, when, bo- when our brain goes offline. I'm just gonna keep it simple like that. And, and we know that it goes offline when we're getting defensive and we're blaming and we're explaining ourselves. That's when you want to call a timeout. You know, you're saying that, you've taught me that, I've (laughs) practiced it. I know it. Have I been doing it? No. I can't find that in this structure. It's so hard for me. It's, I don't know, every, all the time, the hours fall into each other. Mm. So it's, I've heard people say, what day is it? You know, the days kind of meld together, the time kind of melds together. The structure where I used to have my breaks don't exist anymore. And well, you have to, Allison, you have to make them. See, this is the other challenge, right? Is, and Deborah mentioned this earlier, that we all had a schedule and structure. Now everything is totally new and different. And it's very, very important for each day for you and everyone that's listening to have a schedule every single day. For example, you know, from eight to nine, I'm going to have breakfast and coffee from nine to nine 30. I'm going to, you know, meditate. (laughs) Um, And from 10 to, you know, 12, I'm going to work and, Maybe you're going to include social contact, which I believe is very, very important. So you do need to make that effort, you and everyone listening, to have a a new structure and a new schedule, first of all. And I think one of the things that, and I want to address the, the thing that you brought up that I know everyone can relate to is I know what to do, but I'm not doing it feeling. Mm -hmm. And what I know about that is Each of us has to be able to identify, how do I aspire to be when I'm having a difficult conversation? Or how do I aspire to to be when I'm going through the day? How do I want to be? You have to have a target. You have to have a North Star in order to create a structure, in order to 
have the kind of conversation that you want to have. So you just start with one thing else and right, like you can say, well, um, how do I want to um, be when I'm having a conversation with my husband, for example? Well, I want to be kind, I wanna be curious. And then you write that on a piece of paper and you have to have reminders to, to hold yourself to that. So anytime we're challenged with our obstacle of, you know, I know what to do, but I'm not doing it. We have to look at how motivated are we, and then we have to have, okay, but where am I going? We have to have a why. Without a why, we, we lose our way. That makes sense. Makes sense. And, and, but what I want to say to everyone listening is it's not like you're going to hear this and then do it. So everyone, you know, you know, give yourself a hall pass when you, when you are challenged, give your uh, loved ones a hall pass when they, you know, get grouchy and irritated. Um, We're all in this together and we're all trying to figure this out together. Um, you, none of us are alone in this. We're all in the same boat. And we can all look at just taking small steps within ourselves. However, you do need to be able to say, but how do I want to be? How does, you know, if I were to be coming from my higher self, how does that part of me, you know, see myself behaving? Yeah. And I think, Lori, everything you're saying is so applicable to both uh, the brain injured and the caregiver family members, I think, and how they are taking time for themselves or how they're structuring their new days is different than it used to be. I loved what you said earlier about establishing how much time you're going to use on a topic and not going over it because you're just at that point, whether if you're with a brain injury, as you said, there are things that happen. And if you don't have a brain injury, usually is when you become repetitive. It's not that you're moving the conversation forward. And I think there's that balance that we're trying to figure out that we would have in a normative day-to-day, right? And a normal day, having a great conversation and good communication is a challenge for most of us. It's a balancing act. It was, you know, life has always been a balancing act, as we all know, but this has really upped the ante. And what you said at the very beginning, too, is we're all navigating something together that none of us have ever navigated before. You know, in our lifetime, this is really hopefully, we all are hoping, the most challenging time we will ever experience. I want all of you to know that when we have feelings, there is a tendency to just want to push them away. But what I want to say is all of our feelings have a message. And so if you can allow yourself to have your feelings, then you can ask yourself and know that underneath every single feeling we have is a need. So for example, if you're feeling angry, or if you're feeling lonely, you may have a need to be heard or understood, or you may have a need to connect with another person. Once you identify your need, you are free to create a strategy to get that need met. And so when you're communicating with others, you want to express your feelings, but you want to absolutely go to, but what is my need underneath this feeling? Because once you get to that, you can, with the the other person, 
come up with a strategy to get that need met. And that is so important. That sounds like good advice. Well, and I think, Lori, when you're mentioning all of this, it brings up what's the role of the BIAWA in all of this. And I do believe that for some folks, they're alone right now. There's mm-hmm. not much communication happening. And I think there's increased stress due to that. And you mentioned some uh, ways to de-stress. But I also want individuals to know that through the resource line, they can call us and be able to connect. And we can find others in the community who are reaching out and connecting. And that resource line is the 877-824-1766. However, if you have strategies in particular for those individuals who may be living alone, I think there's a different set of Um, challenges that they are facing. I like some of the things, of course, what you said at the beginning kind of could be used by folks living alone or living with folks. Yeah, that's really um, definitely a challenge for people that are living alone. And, you know, the good news is our technology and what I am encouraging all of my clients that are alone is to set a time, you know, I think limiting the amount of time you're on technology is important for obvious reasons, but to really use technology like FaceTime or Zoom to stay connected to people and to let people know um, that you would like them to check in on you a little more frequently. And sometimes that's hard to do, you know, to let people know that you need them but push through the discomfort. And also what helps is if if you're able to do something for someone that needs help, that can make a really big difference when you're feeling like you're contributing to someone else, if you're able to do that. So those are some ideas. And people are getting so creative now, you know, if there's any kind of, maybe there's TBI groups that are getting together online just to, you know, or just groups of friends together. Right. Just that, I love the first two things you said, though, that whole piece about one, letting people know, and that's always hard for us in human nature to ask for the help. And the help may be as simple as, Yes, I do need you to give me a call just to check in. I just need to hear a voice. It just makes me feel better. And I know I'm still connected. And then the other piece about if able and as able, maybe there is someone else who they can make the call to that someone and and that helps us to stay connected. You know, it always is that, that fear of rejection or I don't know what that keeps us from initiating those calls, whether I'm wanting to say hello to a friend and check in on them, or whether I need to ask my friend to say, hey, I I need to chat with you. I'm making this call because I need to hear your voice and know, I want to know they're okay, you know, as much as I want someone else to check in on me. And I think our friends out in our community, the same, we want to know they are okay. So we've really, um, been trying to proactively let them know, call the resource line, my email address, our Facebook page. We want to hear, one, just how they're doing, know they have someone to connect with, 
and to hear their strategies and skills, much like we heard from Michelle last week, uh, from those on the ground dealing with a brain injury day to day. And I think what you are giving us today is exciting to kind of hope that we hear from those in the community of, I tried what Lori told us. I tried the breathing exercise. I talked to my uh, husband and we set up a time. So I'm really hoping that um, these are utilized. And as, as a podcast, the beauty of it is they're available to be heard over and over. So you don't have to memorize any of this. For those of our listeners out there, they can hear it again and and take different tools that you've given for the toolbox today and use them as they need for different scenarios because every day will be different. In a way, every day is the same. And remind everybody about the show notes that'll be on with the podcast. Yes. So today's show notes are going to have a a couple of bonus.com additions. We'll have Uh, Lori has some free materials that she's making available. And if you want to let us know what those are, Lori, because I don't, you know better. And we're going to have those um, as part of the show notes for today's podcast. I have a complimentary um, guide. It's called Seven um, Pathways to Reconnecting Solution for Couples. And there's a lot of information in there. If you think you would find that information helpful, feel free to download it please feel free to email me and I would be more than happy to send you a replay of the second Ask Lori webinar that I am doing for individuals and couples um, who have sustained a traumatic brain injury. Wow, what a gift. Well, I think uh, our our own version of Ask Lori today has been amazing. I, I feel that we are so lucky to have individuals such as Lori and Allison as part of our community and who are willing to share their expertise at this level, I think there are few in the country who understand brain injury with your background and your knowledge and expertise at the level. I really am thankful every time we're able to offer your knowledge and your thoughts to the community. It is such such an important piece You know, when you're doing your own therapy, it's one by one. And this is one way of sharing information to a larger group. And you took time out of your day to make this happen. Allison took time out of her day to make this happen. And it's just how important it is to try and use, as you said, the technology to communicate and connect with our brain injury community. Everyone out there, we'd love to hear from you post your questions, email us. My information is on the on these links too. We'll have links to my email. We are a community going through a very, very difficult situation. And as it goes on, I think one thing we want to have Lori back is because it's continuing. You know, it's kind of Well, the first week or two, and I think, Allison, this is interesting to what you said at the very beginning, like now all of a sudden, this new phase of emotions and reactions, and how do I deal with all of this? I feel that setting in because I thought I was cruising, 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 like, okay, I got this, I'm good. And just recently in the last few days, it's a little different because it's going to go on. 
Well, that's what happened to me. Uh, I went to Dr. Stobie, if I could say that, and he said, take off two months. I did. And then I thought, okay, I'll go back to work after that two and a half months. And I didn't. And it was another two and a half months. And then it was another two and a half months. So it, it doesn't, it just keeps extending. And right. not um, knowing when it will end is one of the most difficult things in the world to me. Anyone who has that concrete sequential brain like mine, it's like, okay, I can handle pretty much anything for this amount of time. When will this be done? <laughs> Give me a time and I'll, I can do this, right? It's I can make a schedule and I can get through a day and I can get through a week and we've gotten through a month. I think, you know, folks who are older than us, like folks from a generation before when they talked about the greatest generation and having to go through long sustained wars or other things that are are affecting us traumatically in a way, Lori. I, I would love to have that conversation with you because I think the goal of today is to get everyone through as healthy as we can. And yeah. all of these skills and strategies you're, you're giving us is, is to that end. But we don't know how this is really chipping away at us on a daily basis. And we want to make it, as with all that BIAWA does, the idea of the best journey we can have. Well, we're trying to figure out the best journey we all can have moving through COVID-19. Absolutely. I think that... What's most important, and this is for another discussion for sure, yeah. but I think an important one where we all take the time to reflect on our priorities, our values, so that when, and I don't think we're going to go back to normal, but when we do put our life back together, just like all of you have had to look at with traumatic brain injury, that you are mindful about how you want to do that. And yes, there's going to be a lot that lingers from this. And and we can get through this and we will. I'd like to thank both of you for the listener. Um, thank you. Thank you, Deborah. And thank you, Lori. I've learned a lot and really appreciate the time that both of you have put into this and the caring that BIA does and the help and support that I've received. And Lori, your wisdom has been invaluable to me. And I really, really appreciate your insights, your gift to all of us. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I hope all of our listeners feel as good as I do after this hour of chatting with you two ladies. That is goal. absolutely the goal. We're thankful to Goal 17 Media for providing uh, the production and making this happen. Uh, we could not do it without them. So until we meet again, I think that's a great phrase and we want to use it with everyone. Until we meet again for our friends in the community and our listeners to Allison and Lori, good health, stay safe, take care. <laughs>